everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Mission Daily. This is Stephanie Postles, CEO of Mission.org. And of course, I am joined by my laughing co-host, Albert Chow. Albert, I'm not laughing. I am, however, pumping her up. I pump her up. No one can see this. You know what I'm saying? I thought you were trying to throw me off. I'm raising the roof. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're my audience. That's what it was. Okay. At first I was like, is he trying to throw me off? What's this dude doing? No, giving you some reaction, some feedback, some juice. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, if you were a stand-up comedian and you got to see people laughing and enjoy, you know, they're getting ready for what you got to say. Where has this been? I've done like, I don't know, 600 interviews now and I have not had this yet. Where has this been in my life? I don't know. You ain't got no juice. I know. Well, going forward, that's what I expect every time now. Just saying. (laughs) So today I had an interesting... uh, an interesting piece of content I was listening to this weekend. I think it was an interview probably from A16Z. And I thought it was interesting because I saw all these real world applications and it's this concept of bridging. And so, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely condensing it down from like what I heard, but essentially the whole talk was around how to bridge people from like where they're at to where they're going. It was related all around technology, um, but I thought it'd be something cool to talk with you about today because I started seeing all these spots in life and working and relationships and kids where like this concept applies. Um, So let me give it to you so you know what we're talking about. And then kind of I want to hear your thoughts on it. See, the whole concept was around bridging. It was talking about essentially, you know, there's a big gap between like where people are at and where innovations are. And they gave a fun story around Ford when he first brought his cars to the market. Uh, people were throwing rocks at them. They were like, get that devil technology out of here. No one wanted it. And essentially the marketing was off for Ford because they were telling everyone like, hey, go get rid of Betsy, your horse. You don't need her no more. Like come over here and get a Ford car, which people were like, Betsy's my family. Why would I get rid of her? And so the marketing was really off because people didn't understand like, why would I get rid of my family member who's done so much for me and go get one of your cars? That's like a devil car. And so they literally just started changing the language around it to bridge people from where they were at to the Ford car. And they started calling the cars Broncos. They started using the word horsepower. They literally used words that felt kind of familiar to people to get them to want this product, to want this car. And they slowly started seeing a movement all because of like how they changed the marketing. It went from people throwing rocks at cars and trying to break the windows and whatnot to then all of a sudden everyone of course was using them. And I thought that was a cool story, not only just because of thinking about like where we're at today with all the technology. We were just in the last episode talking about ChatGPT. We were talking about Dolly, all these things that are moving really quickly. And you definitely see a lot of people hesitant of like, "Mm, I'm not touching that thing. (laughs) Like that's like a devil AI. I'm not going to get near it. Um, And I was thinking about like, how do you get people there? And how do you apply this concept in real life? So first I want to pause because they just threw a whole story at you. And I want to hear how fun is that story? So, and did you know that? Because you always know all my stories, I feel like. So I didn't hear this episode. And it's interesting they call it bridging because I feel like this isn't really that new, actually. Uh, this is actually a big challenge mm-hmm. that's existed in technology. Crossing the Chasm first came out in 2006, which you call it bridging. I mean, crossing the chasm. like. <laughs> yep. So Same. Yeah. this has always been the way people are. I mean, I think this is not something anyone can solve quickly. This is just how people are. People in general, are hesitant to adopt new things. And despite what people say, like, oh, people love to try things, like, that's not true. Like, I think we are actually probably, as as a people, becoming more resistant to adopting Mm -hmm. new things. 
And here's the reason why I think that's true is because we have more things that we could adopt. I'll give you an example. Right now, how many soft, how much software exists right now that has a free trial? Oh, yeah. Tons. There's like tons. Yeah, I yeah. guess how many free trials I'm currently exploring? Zero. Right. Probably. Because. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you and I are a little bit different there. I'm exploring some. <laughs> I'm exploring nothing. Right. <laughs> but but it's a it's it is a constant battle. I think that at the end of the day, like despite what that topic was in the conversation you heard regarding Ford, at the end of the day, people need to see benefits. We are inherently selfish and we care mostly about our worlds. Like that's how most humans are. I believe that. Uh, I don't have facts. I don't have a massive study, but it's just what I believe. So the quicker you can demonstrate a clear benefit is the quicker something gets adopted. I think that is the key is like bridging technologies. It's very difficult for someone to adopt something that they do not see direct benefit. Like why has it, you know, like why would I do something where I don't fully understand? Um, so when I see but the when car I see was easy to understand, like Ford, like it was like obvious, like they're and they, their marketing was so. about the benefit. Well, because unless you drove one, how could you adopt it? The other thing about the price point was the price point was in a place where it was a serious risk. So meaning it would take substantial capital. It would have been, you know, the car today is still the second most expensive thing most people buy. Probably college education is actually number one now, but uh, <laughs> but the uh, you know it's the second most expensive thing people buy. And so back then to introduce something that expensive, it would have been, I mean, I can imagine like a very expensive piece of technology being introduced. And like just right now, you would see the same thing, a big challenging adoption curve. That's mm-hmm. typically, so like that expense played a part, I think, but that's how that's how they actually got, I would say, if we were to look back, was it the marketing? Well, marketing was hard to reach people back then. It was probably seeing your friend drive a Model T and be like, dude, Stephanie seems to be able to go wherever she wants with that thing with four <laughs> wheels. How does that work? How is she yeah. always getting where she needs to go faster than me? You know? And so when they saw saw the benefit, they understood the benefit. And when they could afford the benefit, they could buy the benefit. So I don't know if marketing plays as big of a role because at the end of the day, these things mm-hmm. don't create tangible value for us selfishly. We won't adopt it. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I definitely can see looking at friends and like that being the influence, of course, like the social factor and being able to be like, oh, yeah, I see my friend who I trust doing that thing. Um, But I still find it interesting what they named like a lot of the cars after that and just being like they did it for probably a reason. Like there was probably the first car was called the Model T. And then what was the next? Let's take a look. What were the Yeah, let's look. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, it's like I don't have enough Ford history stored in my brain. Oh, shoot. They don't have it in a linear timeline that I can quickly find. What? But I see examples. What? So in 1976, they introduced the Fiesta. It's a party. <laughs> nah, so I don't have I don't have a timeline of cars. Oh, here we go. First, the Model A, then the B, then the C, then the F, then the K, then the NRS. The T is what got them popular because by then he had uh-huh. figured out how to make it cheap then the A, then the TT, then the AA, okay? So that's 31. Then 41, uh-huh. the Vedette, the Pilot, the 49, the Custom. So we're still past 1940. Uh, so they didn't really figure out the naming of the car until it looks like. What year was that? 
the Edsel, the part, I mean, it, it takes a while. The Ranchero, that sounds kind of uh, horsey, is 1957. So that's like 50 years of production. So mm-hmm. I don't think the naming of the horse was so then, a big part of it at all. Hmm. So then maybe that's The Mustang doesn't come out till 69. Yeah. And by that point, people already. <laughs> We're 67, sorry. <laughs> They're already bought in on the concept. So then. Yeah. Less about, because I still th- think the co- concept of like, how do you bring people to that thing? What does that look like? Maybe the marketing doesn't matter as much, even though I still thought that was interesting. But how do you get, yes. you know, sometimes people the marketing showing the benefit story for is you? more interesting than what actually yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the story is still great. I kind of want to stick with that. However, um, <laughs> the Bronco <laughs> comes around in 1965. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's so funny. Well, I still like the concept, though, of thinking about like, how do you take people from one point to another and like how many things people feared and then they became mainstream. I mean, the cars was one of them. I mean, there's some random things in history that people were scared of. Uh, the mirror, like they were really scared of letting women have handheld mirrors because they thought they were going to just be looking at them all day and get hit by a car. Uh, there was fear around the teddy bear at one point. I don't know if you saw my TikTok talking about people being scared of teddy bears and how this pastor created a Probably whole like- really ugly turn- back then. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it was like a it was a cute fluffy teddy bear, but this pastor was scared that not scared, he was telling everyone that if essentially little girls stopped playing with baby dolls and started playing with teddy bears, they would lose their motherly instinct and then they would never want to have kids. And so he created this like big campaign telling people why teddy bears were evil and like little girls should only play with baby dolls so they can develop that maternal instinct. Hmm. So that was kind of odd. There's like a lot of odd things in history that you look back on and you're like People were scared of what? Or they were like making a big issue about what? And it's like, whatever that cause was, you know, of course people are just scared of new things. But getting back to the concept of like, how do you bring people there in a world that's like rapidly changing, I think is still an interesting thought bubble because I mean, we're in the middle of that all the time with things that are coming up now of like, should we go to that new thing? And how do we bring our team with us? Or do we wait and we see where it goes first? And yeah, but maybe that's something we should get into in the second episode of like, how does this look like outside of just technological innovation? Like, what does it look like in the real world when it comes to bridging or whatever term you want to use for bringing someone from here to there, wherever that there is that you want to go? I think it'd be cool to apply it to the real world. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, but this is the thing that is, I think every new company that's trying to do something really groundbreaking and innovative is always going to have to try to figure out a way to solve. It's just very difficult for people to adopt new things. And it's, and it's, um, I mean, I think that's proven many, many times. Um, sometimes it's infrastructure based, like cell phones were like, so cell phones came around in the 1980s. They didn't really start getting adopted. I want to say until like 98. Like if you look at the movie Wall Street with uh, Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, Mm -hmm. you know, back then cell phones were like giant, you know, everyone remembers those giant bricks and you had like a car pod port thing. It had like its own charging station. We remember Zach Morris carrying a cell phone that was absolutely massive. Those things cost a fortune, but it wasn't until infrastructure existed uh, from the different wireless carriers that made it possible for more people to say, yes, they wanted a cell phone and the cost of the item came down. So you'll see a lot of the big, I think, cultural shifts. They definitely take many, many years to adopt. But as far as like technology services, that's what A16Z, all those companies, they're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out who's got something that people are going to pick up quickly. I remember reading um, Bessemer Ventures 
anti-portfolio, which is one of the, mm-hmm. I don't know if they still have it, that, that site up, but it was one of my favorite ones. But um, there was one about Intuit and how Scott Hall came to them and said, hey, I'm going to make it easy to file taxes. And they're like, that is not possible. Like they couldn't see it. Like they're like, there's no yeah. way you're going to be able to create a software that's going to allow people to file their taxes on their own without an accountant. And that was Intuit's mission, of course. And, uh, you know, of course they laugh and say, looking back, that was a big miss. But that's the kind of thing that technologists, if they could somehow understand how quickly you could solve that problem to cross that chasm, then -hmm. yeah, they would pump, pour money into it. Because that's, it's still, I would say, largely inexplicable. I think most people cannot explain how something can get adopted. Um, So like, if I think of like products that got adopted really fast, InDesign felt crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. InDesign, I swear, like one day someone showed me an InDesign, and the next day every company was using InDesign. Um, mm-hmm. Canva Tableau. is another one. Canva. Canva, the adoption Tableau rate on that spread. was crazy. Oh, yeah. But that was because it was like free trial. I'm thinking about some that like don't didn't even have a free trial. Like I remember when I was working in finance, and all of a sudden everyone was using Tableau. And I was like, geez, how do I even learn this? Okay, now we have to buy an actual subscription to this. And yeah, uh, I don't know if it's like now it's probably not even really a thing. Like it. But it, it spread really quickly, at least throughout finance. Well, there's a lot of more competitors now, right? So BI yeah. isn't – no one's cornered BI. There's tons of BI companies out there that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, th- that's great. That's a great example. So, so yeah, it's just – it's really hard to predict who what people are going to pick up. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't personally know how to do it. Um, but if <laughs> Oh, darn, I was hoping you did, and that's why we were here today. <laughs> no, nah, no. All the secrets. <laughs> you know who I actually like following though on this? I actually think have you ever listened to Kathy Wood before from Ark Invest? Yeah, I do. I know. I li- by I the way, like, I like side her. note, she was she- very attractive a younger female. Like, yo, dude. She was Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's just exactly what I was wondering and I was thinking would bring into the conversation. <laughs> Other than Kathy <Hey>. being hot. <laughs> I also think every time I listen to her, I'm like, I think she thinks very differently than a lot of other investors and even when the market's not going the way that maybe they're Oh, she's betting. lost a she's lot of still, money. In, uh, she's lost a lot of money. Two years, yeah. let's say, yeah. But I think she also holds strong in her concept of like how she to does. spot innovation. And like she's been holding strong on Tesla for a long time, even when it was like tanking and not doing well. And it's like, she got in so early with them. I'm like, I feel like she can kind of spot things. And I know right now she's looking big into like gene editing and um, like she stays strong with her belief when it comes to certain new technologies. And I've, like I like kind of going to her and just kind of hearing what she's investing in, even if her portfolio doesn't always look better than, you know, someone who's just like mimicking the S&P. Hey, she's a Bitcoin, million dollar Bitcoin by 2030. Like, I hope she's right. I need her to yep. be right. to be fantastic. That'd be so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that. All right. Let's wrap up this episode. For the next episode, let's get into how we think about this when it comes to you know, our team members, employees, relationships. I just think there's a lot of um, things that I've also seen in you from helping manage our team that I think would be interesting. That's not just around technology and how to bridge that gap between where people are and where they're going. So everyone, we'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. There you go. Practical use tips on how to adopt technology across teams. Yep. There you go.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.